0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to Remaking Tomorrow, a series of conversations about the future of teaching and learning. I'm Ryan Ridzeski, here with Greg Bear, and we're the co-authors of When You Wonder, You're Learning, Mr. Rogers' Enduring Lessons for Raising Creative, Curious, Caring Kids. This is a podcast powered by
1: Remake Learning, a network that ignites engaging, relevant, and equitable learning in support of young people navigating rapid social and technological change.
0: On today's episode, we're talking with Dr. Monique Chisholm, the Smithsonian's Undersecretary for Education. In that role, Dr. Chisholm defines the institution's educational priorities and oversees programs that, as we'll see, benefit learners of every age and every part of the country. Before joining the Smithsonian, Dr. Chisholm was the Vice President for Education Policy and Strategic Initiatives at the American Institutes for Research, or AIR. Dr. Monique Chisholm, welcome to Remaking Tomorrow.
2: Well, thank you, Greg, and thank you, Ryan. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: Dr. Chisholm, most of us, I think, know the Smithsonian as the collection of big, cool museums in Washington, DC. So I have a faint memory of going to the Air and Space Museum on a field trip when I was in third grade. I remember seeing dinosaur bones at the Museum of Natural History, but the Smithsonian is even bigger than it seemed when I was a kid. Can you give us a sense of the Smithsonian scale? When we talk about the Smithsonian's institution, what exactly are we talking about?
2: I'm glad that you had such a good experience at Air and Space. I always get the question, what's my favorite museum? And I can never answer that because all of them are my favorite. So the Smithsonian is the world's largest museum research and education complex. And we in our portfolio have 21 museums We have 21 libraries. We also have a portfolio of of science centers, education centers, and research centers. So we have our locations across the nation. We have a tropical research center in Panama. We also have the astrophysical center in Boston. And then we have a marine biology center in Florida. And combined with all of that, we also have over 200 affiliates across the nation, which makes us the world's largest museum research and education complex.
1: Okay, so I thought I knew the Smithsonian. I would have missed every trivia question about 60 museums, 200 affiliates. It's so impressive what the Smithsonian is, and it's a remarkable educational resource. It has a mission, as you've written, Dr. Chisholm, that goes back to the vision of its founding donor, James Smithson. He envisioned, quote, the increase and diffusion of knowledge. Can you tell us about some of the ways the Smithsonian does that? So I think
2: our superpower is really the intersection of our content. Most people might be familiar with the history part of Smithsonian, but we also focus on science and then art and culture. And so that intersection of history, science, art, and culture is really our secret sauce. And the increase in diffusion of knowledge happens in many different ways. We like to do that in collaboration with communities, individuals, uh, with students and educators. But we also create content that we disseminate through different channels, through our exhibits and galleries, but also online through our distance learning programs. We have a number of videos, Uh, we have a YouTube channel. We actually have a television channel also, the Smithsonian channel, which helps us to disseminate content. We have books, we have magazines. And so in every way, we're trying to connect with people, communities, and also get back from people and communities information and stories to share.
0: Dr. Chisholm, you've said that when it comes to education and learning, my bottom line is always that teachers matter most. And we'll come back to how the Smithsonian supports teachers in a moment, but first I wanna ask you about one very specific teacher, Mr. Van Emmon, your high school botany teacher. Can you tell us about Mr. Van Emmon? What made him so special? What made him so memorable?
2: Oh, that's great that you found that, yeah. Mr. Van Emmon was my high school botany teacher And a couple of context things here, I went to uh, the School for the Creative and Performing Arts in Cincinnati, Ohio, and I was very much a creative person. I never really saw myself as someone who could do math and science. And so being in Mr. Van Emmon's botany class was a totally new experience for me. And he made it so interesting. The way in which we talked about photosynthesis, I know that sounds strange, (laughs) but it was like so easy to understand. We actually did this project where we walked around the neighborhood and we collected different leaves from trees and then we would go back and identify what type of tree they were from. And I still have that. Like we pressed the leaves and we dried them out and then we identified them and labeled them. I still have that. But he made me kind of see science in a new way But I think the thing that he did most was he was just such an encouraging person. He helped me see myself as a smart person, as a learner, as somebody who was like intelligent. And before him, I had really never thought of myself in that way.
1: It's a beautiful story. A caring adult who just unleashed joyful learning for you and your classmates. How wonderful. You're super quotable, Dr. Chisholm, because you've written that Quote, if we equip teachers with the skills to meet diverse student needs, you can start to solve some of the equity gaps that we currently see. So can you tell us a little bit how the Smithsonian works with teachers? How do you help teachers become a bit more like Mr. Van Emmen, each in their own way?
2: Yeah, I've been in education my entire professional career. And if I had a magic wand to fix some of the challenges that we face in our education systems, I would put all the resources towards teachers because they are our most important asset when it comes to closing opportunity and equity gaps in schools. So the Smithsonian works with teachers in a number of different ways. We offer professional development. We have summer institutes for teachers. We do one-on-one curation for teachers also. So say you're doing a topic on magnets, for example, and you want to have, you know, different examples of how two things attract to one another or repel from one another. Our scientists can work with you to curate some objects and artifacts to help demonstrate that. We also do a lot of opportunities to bring teachers in to help us with the creation of our own content, so teacher-led resources. And then we have a digital platform called Learning Lab, which showcases and highlights lessons that teachers have created using our resources. So we try to reach educators in a number of different ways.
1: This is Greg Bear, along with Ryan Rodzeski. We're talking with Dr. Monique Chisholm, Undersecretary for Education at the Smithsonian Institution.
0: Dr. Chisholm, a moment ago you mentioned summer institutes, and I want to ask you about a national summit that the Smithsonian just recently hosted for thousands of educators called Together We Thrive, Fostering a Sense of Belonging. Let's start with that theme. Where did it come from? What does it try to convey when you say Together We Thrive? So
2: there's kind of two pieces of information that inform the theme. The first Together We Thrive comes from a body of research called the Science of Learning and Development. And basically what the the researchers have asked a question about is, can all students thrive? And looking through a number of different fields, what they have concluded is that given the right circumstances, yes, all students have the potential to thrive. And one of those criteria is a sense of belonging or the relationships that students have within the education system. And so Together We Thrive, fostering a sense of belonging was really meant to highlight the research base around student thriving and also the importance of the connection that needs to be there for students through that belonging aspect in order for them to thrive.
1: Hearing you describe this summit makes me think back to years ago, an educator of mine who was teaching us ethical lessons encouraged us to think of two questions always first. What's going on? And then why or how does it concern you? So to hear your answer, why on earth does something like belonging concern the Smithsonian Institution? How are you helping educators build belonging?
2: Oh, that's a great question. I really love that. So one of the really wonderful things about the Smithsonian is that it provides an opportunity for people to see themselves. You know, our goal is that through our collections, people have an attachment or a connection to something that they're experiencing or seeing. So if that's in our Air and Space Museum, or if that's in our Museum of American History, or it might be in our African American History and Culture Museum. There are so many different ways through art, There are artifacts, there are objects that people see themselves and feel connected. And so, part of what our education strategy is, is to really think through storytelling. So, how can an object like Dorothy's ruby red slippers really help us have a conversation that we all can feel connected to from our different vantage points? So, we use objects and object based learning to really help people see themselves in the stories and then recognize the collective nature of some of these stories and how alike we are in some ways and oftentimes more than different.
0: Yeah, when we talk about belonging, we're talking about so many different things. We're talking about our shared past, our subjective experience of the present, the possibilities and the challenges that we each see for ourselves. And the summit actually did an amazing job of unpacking that idea of belonging. There were four sub-themes to that summit. Life on a sustainable planet, STEAM education, reckoning with our racial past, and an integrated arts education. I'm wondering if you could just quickly walk us through each of those and how they each connect to uh, creating a sense of belonging.
2: We have a, a broader initiative here at the Smithsonian called Our Shared Future. And what we really believe is that it's our responsibility to not only help people understand history, but to really think about our future together and how we are going to help to shape and cultivate that. So the first strand, Life on a Sustainable Planet, really did unpack the crisis that we're facing around climate change and the environment. And the way in which we were hoping that people connected to this topic was to understand how we can activate for youth a sense of responsibility for the things that we need to do to improve the outcomes of our planet so that they can too also be agents of change. And so there were a number of sessions that focused on ways in which teachers can support learning and understanding, but then also collective action to help to improve the planet. The second strand, Reckoning With Our Racial Past, really explores the the difficult questions around race and racism and racial identity. And we're hoping that through our resources, Teachers feel empowered to have conversations about the history of race in our nation, how there were many different groups who were advocates and supporters to help to end some of the discriminatory practices, and that how we collectively have made progress as a nation and the places where we still need to grow and make some progress. When we look at STEAM education, our primary emphasis has been on helping women and girls see themselves as scientists and engineers and mathematicians and so really helping to fill a gap that exists to really show the inclusivity of how everyone can see themselves in the STEAM field. And then finally, an integrated arts education, we know from research that students who are exposed to an arts-rich experience in school actually perform better academically. Yeah, the integrated arts strand really focused on helping teachers think through how to bring arts into social studies, history, math, in a way that supports students' creative skill set. So focusing on art, music, all different types of design thinking. And so that was our focus for the integrated arts strand.
1: As we talk about our shared future, we're talking, too, about our shared present. And you just mentioned students. You've embraced youth voice in your work. Can you tell us a little bit about what the students have told you about their experiences in different learning environments and what they need to thrive?
2: So we're really fortunate that we have great partnerships with organizations like the Boys and Girls Club of America and 4-H, So we get great opportunities to work with the young people of America and I'm so encouraged by the youth. And the thing that is so interesting to me is that they are really focused on social activism. So in both groups, they have situated and centered conversations around social justice, the environment, really thinking through how youth can be agents of change. When I reflect back to when I was their age, they have a lot more courage than I did at that age. They're also a lot smarter than I was at that age. I really love and appreciate how willing they are to use their voice in ways that I don't know that I had the sophistication to do yet at that age.
0: Dr. Chisholm, in the Smithsonian spirit of innovation and experimentation, we're going to try something a little bit new on Remaking Tomorrow, and that is the Remaking Tomorrow lightning round. So I have six fast questions that are going to come at you at rapid fire. First answers that come to mind will be great. And then uh, Greg has one more question before we wrap up. Are you ready? I think so, yes. Let's <laughs> okay. <fight. laughs> All right. First question, favorite artifact on display at the Smithsonian?
2: Princess guitar.
0: Most surprising item in the Smithsonian's collection?
2: We have a lot of human remains. Wow. Yeah.
0: What do you want teachers to know about the Smithsonian?
2: That we are here to support you.
0: What do you want students to know about the Smithsonian?
2: That it's a fun place to explore and find new things.
0: You have been chosen to choose the Smithsonian's next museum. What is its focus?
2: Education. (laughs) Finally,
0: (laughs) how can people find out more about you and the work you're doing?
2: If you just go to si.edu, you'll see a tab called Learn, and that's how you can connect with my office or any of our educators.
1: Monique, before we go, we have just one more question for you. What's one thing that parents and educators can do today make tomorrow a more promising place for every learner
2: i would say just to spend time every day listening and talking with one another our days get so busy and so filled up so quickly that sometimes we forget to pause and ask you know what did you learn today what are you thinking about you know is there anything that's troubling you and so i would encourage us all just stop pause listen talk and that's where Really, the brilliance comes and
0: happens. Thanks again to Dr. Monique Chisholm, Undersecretary for Education at the Smithsonian Institution. Remaking Tomorrow is powered by Remake Learning. Learn more at remakelearning.org.